Do you use the audio or just the visual? No, just audio. Um, yeah, if so we're... I'm sitting like a slob then. No, no, you do your thing. I mean, we can we can always meet up, you know what I mean, and just talk again. Um, yeah. And I'll get the big big mics out and that's when it'll be um, video as well, yeah. But on this one, it's just audio. But um, yeah, what I was saying, this, I say this started out of desperation. You know, like, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, why did it start? Because of lockdown, I was like, nah, because basically people said they want to kill themselves. Um, and I'm like, I don't really know how to help you. You know, I, I work in and out of gyms, have done for a frigging long time now. And people in front of you, they're supposed to be your people, right? And you see them seven days a week sometimes. You know, you see them more than the family does. And they're progressing physically amazingly well. And, and it seems on the outside, everything's going really well. And then they'll be, you know, turn around to you and be like, I'm still at the end of a bottle or I was at the end of a noose or I slashed myself on the weekend or whatever it is, right? It, it really, really kicked me in the nuts. Um, and I was like, I don't, I don't get this. Like we're failing people, you know what I mean? And, and had the, um, had the pretty difficult discussion with all the gym owners for about six years. And I was like, I don't, I didn't really know what mental health was. I don't I don't really know. Like I'm I kind of joke I'm the least educated person in the room, but also the hardest worker. Um and I'm like, I don't know what to do here, guys, but like I think after talking to people, they feel a little bit better because I get a message and they come in and I've, I've they've cracked a smile for 30 seconds. And everybody basically told me to go fuck myself. So um over six years it kind of <laughs> I was like scratching my head thinking, right, I can't do this. And I'm actually meeting up with him, what we Tuesday today, I'm meeting up with him um, Thursday and I, I I nicknamed him the last one because he was the last one I had that conversation with before I was like, right, this is it now. Like I've got to do something. How can I talk to multiple people at the same time and, um, you know, come up with this whole thing of podcasts. I was like, all right, what's that? Oh, okay, you have conversations. Cool. What do I need? Okay, microphone. All right. What do I do? Press a button. All right. Then what? Talk. Okay, let's start talking. And it just kind <laughs> of like it's gone from yeah. there, you know. So it does yeah. it does make me laugh when everyone's like, Do I need this, that, and the other? I was like, no, please don't. Like just say say your mind. Yeah. <laughs> Teach Did me how to do this. Did you start with Jim Owens then? Is that how you, how it started then? No, I started talking shit. I started talking with just with myself. You know, I was like, I I don't really know. Guys, like, I, I really don't know the answer. I could come up with a answer, but I don't know if it is the answer, you know. Um, and let's just let's just try, you know, let's just go out and start digging holes. And guess what? X does not mark the spot. So we're going to move two meters to the left and we're going to start digging holes again. And we're just going to keep trying. Um, and then eventually I kind of like, you know, you got mates in the fitness industry and we're like, oh, do you want to talk? And it kind of spiraled from there and was like, right, let's just flick emails to people and, and that's pretty that's much it. Yeah. 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 Three years Brilliant. on. But brother, Brilliant. talk about talk about yourself, man. Talk about your business. How'd you get into this fitness industry? It's a weird industry to be in. It's a cool way to pay your bills, but it is yeah. also quite strange. So someone someone asked me the other day, actually. I was having a conversation with somebody about, you know, what what drove you to move into the fitness industry? Was it to help people change people's lives? And I sat there and I kind of went. Not really. What happened was I was just really into sport. Like my whole world was sport it was, you know, rugby three, four, five times a week. It was, you know, from six, seven years of age. And I suppose I didn't really know anything else. Mm. You know, when it came to, what would you do and do for GCSE? Well, PE, obviously, because it's, it's all I really know. You know, I'm not, I'm not passionate about science or maths or anything like that. And it just, 
kind of happened and suddenly I'll do GCSE and I'm like, I'm quite good at this and that worked out well and then did it at A-level okay, it worked quite well and then, all right, well, let's maybe see if I can do a degree in it and then that's mm-hmm. kind of where it all kicked in really. So I um, went to do a sports science degree at St Mary's University in Twickenham. I actually qualified as a gym instructor when I was about 17, just as I kind of turned, uh, started thinking about going to university and um, studied sport and exercise science. Again, playing rugby the whole time, so it was still really sport was a big part of my life and um, started to get really interested in the strength and conditioning side of things because obviously playing rugby, it's really heavy on strength and conditioning. It's, you know, as you know yourself, you know, it's lifting, lifting it's powerlifting, it's strength, sport. It's, um, you know, the sprints, all the kind of, for me, it's one of the, especially at the time, which is, you know, quite a long time ago now, everybody, 2007, I came out of university, so quite a while ago now. Even back then, I think rugby was considered one of the sports that strength and conditioning was, you know, was really a big part of it, more so than football and a lot of other sports. And, um, you know, having that structured programme and structure around training and nutrition, it all kind of made sense to me compared to, you know, other elements of fitness and training and, and uh, the whole transformation thing. It didn't really make sense to me. So once I graduated university, I was like, right, do you know what? I'm going to get into strength and conditioning. I'll become a strength and conditioning coach. So I did all my qualifications, you know, the NSCA and the UKSCA. And the UKSCA, I'm sure you're familiar with it. They don't, they'd only kind of established themselves a few years. It was quite new. Um, I was one of the first 100 people in the country to, to get qualifications, quite new. And um, that was that was really tough. I don't know if you've done it yourself. Um, but it's, oh, I've done the youth one. Yeah, is that the youth strength and condition one, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the UKSCA was kind of like a um, written exam. And then you have to go in and do a, a physical exam, which essentially is, you know, they test you on plyometrics and jelly stuff they test you on olympic lift because they're really, really big on olympic lifting and form so i think when i did mine i had the strength and conditioning coach from scotland rugby and the strength and conditioning coach from uk rowing so he's like top level guy so you're sitting there it's kind of like it was like an interview process and you go into i think we went to uh lee valley which is the olympic uh training ground in north london and uh, they, you go in a kind of circle and you do your little lifts and they break it down they ask you questions. So it's quite nerve-wracking. So I actually failed it the first time I did it. I actually failed it by a couple of points, which disappointed, but then passed it in the second. And then once I'd taken that, I was like, right, well, obviously I'm reasonably good at this. Let's keep going. And then started to look into how do you work with sports teams? You know, how do you get a job at Tottenham? How do you get a job at Wasps? So I kind of did a, an eight-month stint at London Wasp because my coach, strength and conditioning coach at Richmond Rugby Club was the S&C coach at Wasps. So did eight months there. Got kind of a bit of an internship type of thing. That was really cool. Really enjoyed it. And was hoping probably in the back of my mind that was going to offer me a, a job or something that never happened. And um, as I went further down the rabbit hole, you know, I did some work with London Blitz, which is an American football team in uh, in London. And as I started more and more down the rabbit hole, I kind of started to work out that actually there's not a lot of money in it if you're money motivated which i realized that i was um you're not really going to get a lot of money out of that industry and crossfit wasn't really a thing then it wasn't it was very very fresh so i suppose if i was doing it now that would probably have been the direction i would have gone and um you know when you're looking at 
people working at WAS and they're, they're senior coaches and they're on like 30k. I'm like, well, that's not really exciting me. <laughs> and that's really when I started to move more into, you know, the, the transformation stuff because it made sense. It meant that actually, you know, you could take someone from where they are on the 1st of January and then in 12 weeks' time, they've turned the whole life around and you could charge a premium price for that. And that's kind of the, the start of where I am, where my company is really, um, you know, the kind of initial ideas behind it. And um, and then it kind of evolved over time. But, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the background story, I suppose. And, um, yeah, so, you know, essentially I've got a company called Truth, Truth Fitness and we specialise in business leaders. So we, we work exclusively with business owners, you know, senior executives and, you know, people that are, in those kind of senior roles and generally speaking that the industries you can work with because we were based in the city of london we used to run operate gyms for like members clubs in the city and um we kind of picked up insurance finance fintech because really that was the you know the hub of it it's based in the square mile which is kind of like in the middle of all the wealthiest parts of finance so we kind of operated from private members club and then we started to build up our client base and we kind of went from five clients to 45 clients really really quickly and you know in in the jam room when we first started we were kind of thinking is this going to work and then in the september when it went like that it was like right okay maybe we're onto something here mm. and um yeah that that's really where we kind of created true fitness and, and the whole brand and what it does and, and who it works with specifically. And obviously we've been on a journey since then because COVID happened to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> we've all got a COVID story as well. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But I think it's I think it's really necessary, right? Like the fitness industry is such an umbrella industry, right? And everyone's got their own little niche and everybody works with either grassroots kids or or the the the, the top, right? And I think it's needed all over. You know, and I think it's coming out, especially these years, right? 2022, turning 2023 of like, oh, okay, I can't just like be an entrepreneur or whatever and just go hard and be a CEO of this business and make a absolute bucket ton of money because probably going to die of stress at 55 or whatever it is, right? And you're like, oh, if I look after me health a little bit more, work a little bit less, I can also earn a little bit more, be better boss and, you know, and, and life just gets a little bit better. Right. And I think everybody is turning that page a little bit more now of just like, Oh, okay. We need to concentrate on our health, on our fitness, mobility, longevity, you know, modern medicine's keeping us alive a little bit longer, which is fantastic. But if we don't look after ourselves, that quality of life is going to be quite shite. Right. Yeah. So we're going to be here for being his sake. And it's like, no, no, guys, you can still be fit and healthy at 70, you know, like it, it uh, differs by degree, not not by like what you're actually doing, right? You're not going to come around and start chucking 100 kilos above your head at 70 because you probably don't need to, but you need to be able to like pick things up off the floor and move around and, and be cognitively fresh, right? Because most people are still working at that time these days, you know? And I think, uh, I think that's mega, man, like, looking after everybody in the industry. Let's just get everybody moving. You know, I, um, I I actually go on a massive rant with gym owners all the time because they usually get down the rabbit hole of competition, right? Oh, no, that gym is doing this and that gym is doing this. I'm like, I'm like how many gyms are there? 
in the city. So oh, there might be 10, let's say well, there's 10 CrossFit gyms. I'm like, cool. What's the capacity? 150. Cool. That's not a lot of people. You know, there's more than uh, 1,500 people in the city. You know, you're yeah. not in you're not in competition. And then think of the country and then think of the world. There's a lot of people. You know, we've yeah, just, we've just surpassed 8 billion, right? <laughs> and I, I think, you no, know, because I can comment on the city of London because that, that's kind of like our bread and butter, what we know really well. And the, the, the kind of the, the main issue that is within that insurance, finance, you know, you're, you're high flyers, people that are earning a lot of money. And I think a lot of people look from the outside, especially what's going on now with the cost of living. Mm. And they look at these people and think, you know, they're just sitting in bars smoking cigars from, you know, eight in, eight in the evening till midnight and then they flow home. But most of them are really broken, but they're in really, really bad yes. nick because, you know, yes, they can get they get paid a lot of money, but they work for it. And I've I could I could name you won't name names, obviously, CEOs of big insurance firms that never see their family, but ever. You know, they are travelling a lot. And it sounds sexy and cool. People are, oh, you know, they're flying here. With the, but they literally just get out of play. They go, they go to a meeting room. They have a board meeting all day. And, you know, it, it's high stress. And it, it's they're not sleeping a lot. They're generally, you know, not seeing their kids, which for me, I've got young kids. I've always made it priority to spend time with my kids. But, when you're a CEO or a business owner of a big company, yeah. you you kind of you 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 move with the business, you move with the role. You can't go, oh hey, you know, I'm not going to go and see them in New York and those guys in Dubai. It's not how it works. So, you know, yeah, they paid a lot of money, but they miss out on a lot of stuff. So definitely, kid time with the kids. Um, a lot of them will be divorced by the time they're 45 because they're never around. Um, you know, they are drinking. A lot because a because you know they have to do it to meet clients and they meet people in the city from New York or Dubai. They want to go out. They want to go to the restaurant stuff like that. But also, they, a lot of these guys and girls in these very senior positions, they end up using alcohol as a way of like relaxing and numbing themselves. Because you know, if you imagine you haven't got any time, and you know you get you get into the hotel and it's eleven p.m. and you're up at five for another meeting. You're gonna have some wine. Like there's no, there's literally nothing else you can do. Don't you know, you know, meditate. You know, it, it's just not realistic for these people. And you know, they're they're broken. And some of these guys and girls that are generally forty five plus, they're all on metformin for diabetes. They're all on warfarin. They're on statins. So you you alluded to earlier about. Med- modern medicine keeps some of these people alive and it's a genuine thing you know a lot of them are overweight and that's kind of where we come in because you know th- there's not really anywhere they can go there's not they can't go and join the pure gym in the city and be working out with their assistant and it, it just doesn't really work and you know what we found is a lot of the advice they get from personal trainers and even in London, where you, you'd expect the stand to be pretty high as a major city, some of it's just bollocks. But, you know, it's just bollocks. You know, they give you an example, and it's one that I always kind of use, is that, you know, they'll say to the personal trainer, they've kind of hired in the city, they'll go, all right, you know what, I've got a um, last-minute thing, I've got two two guys coming over from New York, they'll be here first thing in the morning, we've got a board meeting all day, and they want to go to, you know, 
Simpsons on the Strand, which is like a famous restaurant where they kind of go and eat. And they say, what should I eat? What should I drink? Because obviously I'm on this journey and I want to be healthy. I want to lose weight and get fitter. What should I do? And the advice they're getting is, you know, don't drink, have a chicken breast and some broccoli. It's like, come on, man, you can do better than that. Like, that's It's just not good enough. It doesn't, it doesn't lend, you know, to the level that these people are at. They need more than that. So something that we do on our program, like, hey, look, show us the menu or tell us where you're going. We'll bring the menu up. We'll tell you what to eat on the menu. You know, if they're drinking pints, have a pint with them so you don't feel like you're missing out. And then we'll switch to have a couple of glasses of red wine for dinner. When you go to the bar afterwards, go to the gym and gym and slim lines. So then what we're trying to do is like damage limitation rather than saying, hey, I'm going to stick you in this stupid, ridiculous hole over here. And if you don't do it, I'm going to tell you off in the morning. So you can, we've kind of created a solution for these, these kind of individuals that need 24 hour support. They need real advice that makes sense. They need flexibility. So another thing we kind of found, another gap in the market essentially, is that, you know, these guys and girls, these CEOs, business owners that are traveling and they've got last minute meetings, I mean, lots of them got PAs because their diaries are so bonkers, they need to switch stuff out and move stuff. And um, as an example, you know, they'll join a personal training gym in the city and they'll have a training session at 7.30 in the morning, right? But they literally just get home or get to the hotel at eight o'clock and the PA goes, you know, the board needs to see you at seven o'clock in the morning. So traditional personal trainer, and it's not their fault, they've got a big book of clients and they're banged out all day. They can't offer flexibility and they'll have a 24-hour cancellation policy as standard. So, oh, sorry, you know, you're going to have to pay for that session. And that that pisses them off because they're like, well, it's not really my fault. But then on the other side of it, they've got to protect their time and their diary. So because we've got a team and we understand they need flexibility, we just switch stuff out and move it as and when. And it's kind of like an agreement of, hey, look, we'll be flexible. Don't take piss, which they don't, because it's like, well, you get these credits in the bank to use when you need them. Don't think that you can kind of be moving stuff around. And kind of, I think the final point I'd make on, you know, the the, the, the issues we found in fitness for these people, one of those was having, you know, having the authority, which I've kind of built up myself over years of talking to these people. And if you look at me talking to them five years ago, me talking to them now, it's like chalk and cheese because, you know, you can imagine going into a meeting room with someone that's worth 400 million quid. Yeah. They're like, I've got 20 minutes, let's go. It's a very intimidating conversation. And it's kind of, you know, they're, they're dealing with big problems all day. And you're, you know, in their head could be, who's this little geezer from London who's telling me, I need to eat better. You know, it's, it's that kind of mindset. So what, what we've now kind of created as a company, what I've created and my team have created is more of an authority. Yeah. We say, hey, look, you know, John, I know you've got 20 minutes. This is 20 minutes. It's going to save your life. So turn your phone off, focus on what we're talking about, and I'm going to give you as much value as possible can. And, the, and, the, and it kind of switches the, the frame of the conversation because these are people that have got big teams, two, three PAs, they've got people that organise everything. Imagine premiership footballers, that's what these people like, right? And they can kind of, they, they have got lots of people around them say, yeah, 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 you're doing great. Yes, keep doing this, keep doing that. And they've got lots of yes people around them. But as you know, 
if you're going to get them to change their habits and improve their health. That's not what they need. They need someone to go, hey, look, no, you shouldn't be that. You shouldn't be drinking that. Let's let's try this as a as a kind of different option. And I think what, what we've carved out as a company with our programs, we do six week programs. So essentially, they're intense, half the amount most people do quicker. And uh, the reason behind that is because when you get these elite business people, they struggle with things that take ages. They want to see results quickly. They bring a salesperson in that they're paying a hundred grand to. They ain't going to get six months. They might get three weeks right and it's the same thing with us it's like right give us six weeks give us six weekends of not being a pig yeah and we can change life so having that intensive condensed program we find works well for their psychology because like well, it's just six weekends you know if i said you you're on a 52 week program you're gonna lose them because they're gonna they're gonna be gone you know mm. so um yeah that's kind of like a summary of the, the, the problems we saw they had the solution they needed and then also there was not a lot of, well there, there's none that i know that specialize in the way we you see all, all, all the time on instagram and linkedin and facebook i deal with executives and it's like well show me your book of clients you know show me who they are and there's not many that i know i've been in the industry for 19 years now that literally every single person that booked is ceo md business owner that's literally what we do so um yeah i think we've carved out a little bit of space for ourselves and if you look at us on linkedin we're really really you know active because that's that's where they hang out right they're all exactly. linkedin they're all you know they're all posting and watching stuff so yeah that, that's kind of a, a bit of an, an intro a summary of what, what we do and you know how we how we help these people as well i i love it though dude like i i think i get really obsessed with the fitness industry and, and coaching as a as a whole right i think it's such an art form and this beautiful organic po poetry and motion type thing right where we've got to deal with the soft skills you know yeah okay we need this qualification and that insurance so we can practice in this friggin field and great but that's kind of like a given right like i'm not gonna walk walk into to the ceo's company and be like right i know what i'm doing it's like no because i've not got the prerequisites so let's just say that's all ticked off well like being able to deal with different people and be like adapt that you know, as you said, you've got to be a little bit more cut cutthroat. We might need to condense it into that six week period, but we're going to metaphorically punch you in the face for those six weeks because I'm the boss in this 20 minutes. You know, people respond to that and some, some people don't, but some people do. And when you, when you deal with like high flyers, usually they do, you know, I, I don't have a lot of experience dealing with a lot of these, uh, you know, exec executives or whatever. But I do have a lot of experience with, like, uh, military, high up, like, really, really fucking crazy high up military, like, uh, this is a bit weird, or um, bankers and stuff like that. And they come in, and, yeah, I found, like, when they come into a normal gym, just a Joe Bloggs CrossFit gym, you know, me putting out mouth northerner, they kind of relate to that a little bit because it's different. You know, they've been in this, like, everything's got to be top button done up all day, you know, meeting after meeting. And they come in and it's like, right, motherfuckers, this is what we're going to do. This is going to hurt like shit. But yeah. good, that's why we're here. But we've only got another 48 minutes. Suck it up, princess, you know, like, let's get it done. You know, and it's kind of this contrast and it, it switches their brain of like, oh, I'm no longer in work mode, right? However... I can really empathize with, oh, I'm the boss. I'm up here. I make all the decisions. And then you walk in the room and was like, oh, okay, I'm no longer the boss. 
oh, I've just got to follow what you say. Okay, cool. Like, let's let's do that. And it's it's refreshing. It's able to give them a little bit of a switch off. You know, that is their meditation at the end of the day, rather than just like smashing those bottles every day. In, in, in a lot of it, you know, it's, it's ego. You know, a lot yeah. of them come big ego. It's, you know, this this will be around the bush. These are people that have got a lot of money. They you know mm-hmm. that they they earn a lot of money. There's nothing they can't afford or do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at it from a financial point of view, they've they've cracked it. They've won at life, right? And it's it's the other bits that fail. So health, as you said, is something that is getting broken because of cut getting to that. And you know. It's few and far between. You see people like Steve Bartlett and stuff who looks really good shape, really not stressed. That's not normal. You know, that that's a tiny, tiny snippet of actual rally because most most, you know, millionaires and billionaires, they're generally older. You know, they're 45, 50, 60, 70. That's really that's the you know, that that's the majority of these people. So, you know, they're older, they've not looked after themselves for years and their body breaks down. And then as a result of that, then relationships suffer because, you know, they're not home, they're not healthy, they're not able to do stuff, they've got pain, they can't play with grandkids, can't play with kids. So it's like the whole kind of, you know, holistic approach to them getting results is, hey, yeah, I know you're the boss in this world, but now you're kind of in our world. And you know, you've said, when you get someone that's high up in the gym, they suddenly go, "Oh shit, I'm not the boss here. I'm not, I'm not running the show." Because it's like, you know, this is this is what you need to hear. We we always say we're going to tell we call truth for a reason. We're going to be honest with you, and we're going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want. You know, you're 55 years of age, you're five stone overweight, you're metformin, you're on statins, you're on warfarin. Like, what world do you live in? You're about you're you're about to have heart attack. Like literally on this conversation, you could drop down dead. That's how high risk you are at the moment. If you don't fix this, and the one that always gets them, but especially the guys, is you know, how do you feel if another man walked down the aisle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, oh shit. <laughs> and now I get it. I bet the same problem a bit quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess I want to make a side note for people that aren't in the fitness industry, right? Listening of like, the talk about ego and being able to like shift the the dynamic of the room has got nothing to do with being a big dick. You know, it's got nothing to do with that. It's like understanding the human being in front of you, understanding their psyche and how they work and pretty much their day-to-day life. And then be like, okay, cool. How do I adapt the way I communicate myself to help this person? You know, and sometimes you have to come in and be like, nah, I'm the boss. I'm coming in with a sledgehammer to knock a little uh, a little nail in, right? And then other times you got to come in, you know, super hairy fairy. Hey, how are you? Like, give him a hug. That's coaching, right? That's coaching. coaching. It's That's what the form. Exactly. It's not, it's not, and it's the skill is how do you adapt to different people? You know, a, a, a lady that's living at home looking after the kids that's forced on overweight, trust me, is a much different approach to, you know, every five girls, you know, it's different things, but this is the skill and art form of, of coaching. And as you become, you know, as me and you are, you've done it for a long time, you understand what actually I get. But I could talk to them people, you could, I, you know, we could both talk to different sets of people because we're experienced what you do. When you first start out as a coach, I see all the time, you know, they're not too sure who they're communicating to or mm-hmm. how to communicate with people. And it's this like generic approach where words come out of their mouth. And it's like, who are you talking to? Because that doesn't make sense for this person. I, I get doing a post on LinkedIn. I talk about you know 
not doing calories, not looking at calories all the time, looking at nutrient-dense foods, high protein, high fat, you know, stuff that's easy to follow. And I get smashed to pieces by coaches that come out and say, hey, you've got to do it this way. You're chatting bollocks. I mean, James Smith, PT, for example, that's his thing. He'll go on and he'll beat personal trainers up because he's saying something, saying something that he doesn't believe in. So, whoa, whoa, the generic advice you're giving out, which sells your books, is not what these people are doing over here. Mm-hmm. So rather than getting your big hammer out and smashing personal trainers and coaches to pieces, which I I think is a bit dickish, to honest you, I, I would never think to dig you out or your methodology. I, I, I just think it's not, it's nasty. Um, but, you know, there's different ways of skinning the cat and stuff that worked for this person here won't work for this person here. And as you said, the skill of a coach is knowing what to do, when, when to push, when to, when to leave it, when to kind of go, come on, let's do it. And that's, you know, as you get older and done it for a long time, you just get better at it. And it's just yeah, part of the skill of life, isn't it? Adapt to the person, right? Absolutely. I got three questions. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? <laughs> That's a good question. I'll tell, tell you one thing on a side note. It seems we've got five minutes left, but um, the reason we kind of come up with, you know, what we do and we kind of started with the idea of getting 10 years back and there's one of our clients, a millionaire guy, and he said to us, if you could give me a pill that gave me 10 years back, I'll give you a million quid now and I'll put it in the bank account. And that was kind of the idea which got us into this older generation, you know, giving people 10 years of their life back. And I think that's one that just sticks in my head. Not necessarily life advice, but what it kind of made me realise is that, yeah, this guy's 53. He's got all the money in the world. All he wants, all he gives a shit about is having 10 years back. And I think, you know, kind of going around your question, that's what you asked. I think what I've come to realise myself kind of advice I've given myself through what's happened is, you know what, spend time with your kids, spend time with them when they're small, because I look at my kids now and they're, you know, six and six next week and three, I sit there going, shit, they've grown up so quickly. So yeah, business is good, you know, let's keep growing this. But for me, I don't want to miss those because once they're grown up and gone, you know, they're gone. So I think I kind of asked a question about what (laughs) <laughs> oh no no that makes complete sense man what's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received well well i can answer this one quite easily um there was a guy that i used to operate a gym with not necessarily with him uh, but he kind of brought me on board to help him with the business and in hindsight i realized it's because he didn't really know what he was doing and he needed someone that was driven and was wanting to learn and do stuff and that was kind of me and within the space of two years, I became like the driving force behind innovation and trying things and growing business stuff like that. He was kind of setting his ways. And um, anyway, the, the relationship soured and I kind of went, do you know what? I need to get out of here, which he didn't like because he was kind of, he saw what I was doing and he wanted to keep me in with the box. And the worst piece of life advice he ever gave me was I said, look, you know, I'm going to move into the city. I'm going to go and do some business and I'm going to charge at the time uh, 60 or 70 pound an hour and he told me you will never charge that in a million years never going to earn that don't go in the city you're a fucking idiot don't do it so his life advice for me was to stay in what I was doing just for the record I wanted to charge 60 and 70 pound and when we started in Devonshire Club we charged 120 pound a session so I actually doubled and quadrupled what, what he said that I couldn't do so I think you know we've all had it people have told us we can't do shit 
and I'm one of them people that when people tell me I can't do things, I want to do it even more. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah, don't let don't let his limitations, you know, kind of stop you, you know. They're, they're just boxes that people place you in, but they don't have yeah. a lid. So just get up and out of them, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> What's uh three words you tell your younger self? Um believe in yourself. Mm. Believe in yourself. I think, you know, I know we're coming to the conversation, but you know, a lot of us go through trauma and shit happens to us as a kid and now I'm getting older I realised that that puts massive limitations on yourself you know when you've got a parent that tells you something repeatedly they're giving past their limitations onto you and I think you know we're only restricted by what we believe we can do and it's when you and at 36 now just literally started to realise oh right okay there's like another way of doing things you can believe in yourself there's no limit to what you can do and yeah, I wish I'd click the fingers and know it's at 21, but you just don't, you know, when you know it. But it's kind of like, you know, the, the limitations that your parents said there were in the world doesn't necessarily, you know, mean that's what's placed on you. And I look at people and go, well, if they can do it, why, why can't I? You know, they're not any smarter. They're not any different. They just went for something, believed in it, and went, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to I'm going to die or give up. Or, I'm going to die or get there, essentially. So... Yeah, I think that's the advice I'd give to myself. Whether I would listen to it, that's a different thing. But I just said it anyway. No, I love it. I love it, man. And uh, whereabouts are you in London? North London? Yeah, so I'm from uh, North East London. I'm from Lankstone. I'm a family from Tottenham, so big Tottenham fans. And um, we're based out in Essex now. So my, uh, my office is here in Beeriki. So about oh, half nice. an hour from the city. Well, uh, if I'm knocking around those ends, I'll, I'll come in and, and see you. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I think I got someone else to uh fuck that means I gotta go to Essex. It's not my favorite place <laughs> in the world, but <laughs> where where's yeah. where your friend from? Um somewhere in Essex. Somewhere cool. down there. He's doing some cool stuff in the disability space and said I'd drop in and it's the problem with kind of being a nomad, right? You don't fit in anywhere, but it means you fit in everywhere. So I've got a show face. Yeah, I mean we're we're only half an hour from the city. The train so we, we normally if we used to go out we go into the city because it's not it's quite easy mm. um, like I said all of our gyms were based there beforehand in COVID hit and we went online that's why I was like right well, let's just move out where we're going to move our house and just get off my office is literally 30 seconds from my house mm. and the kids mm. go to school there so it was a bit of a shit show when it happened but now it's like, the best thing ever because I could pick the kids up I can help yeah. you know pick the kids up and do bits and bobs and I can always nip back to your office and you know, I left my house at 7.21, so went to get it for half past, so it's, it's easy. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you so much, brother. I'll see Thanks you soon. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Brilliant. Crush the day. Bye, everybody. <laughs>